This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Adam Inkst of Tidbits and Take Control Books. We'll also hear from Kyle Weens of iFixit.com, who will talk about all those high-end tech gear teardowns. We'll also be joined by Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy from Macworld, and then Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, all about Apple's WWDC and more on the Tech Night Out Live. We have Adam Inkst of Tidbits and Take Control Books. And like tens of millions of other people, he interrupted his busy workday for two hours on Monday, June 10th. Well, maybe he did. Maybe he just watched it from the corner of his eye to see what Apple had wrought at the Worldwide Developers Conference. Now, you saw this stream and felt like I was there. And as a matter of fact, having been there in the past, I thought this was a much better way. Honestly, it's just better than traveling to all the way to California and waiting in line for hours. And oh, there's just no reason to be doing this. It's, it's actually kind of interesting because Apple likes to have these big media events. But really, what's the point of a media event when you could have a mass media event and show it to everybody via your streaming? Well, it surely worked. Now, as far as the reality versus the expectations, obviously, the media was saying Apple has to produce a killer session otherwise the company is dead gone forgotten etc irrelevant <laughs> and all this other nonsense i mean it is so wacky some of the stuff they came out with that you can hardly pay a serious attention to it so what was your reaction Honestly, I think it was really good. I've certainly been critical of some of the things that Apple's been doing of late and for the most part, differently critical than all the mass media has because I'm seeing it from a different perspective and I think that most of the criticisms that Apple's been taking have been really poorly pointless. But the fact is, is they did an awfully good job of showing real progress in both iOS 7 and in OS 10 Mavericks in ways that... You know, we just haven't seen in quite some time from Apple. The thing that impressed me most here is that Apple focused on changes to both iOS and OS ten that were not just visual, but deep down and dirty back-end changes to make things work better. Oh, wasn't that lovely? I mean, it is a developer conference, so it makes sense that they would talk about some of the really, really cool technologies that they have under the hood to make the CPUs run faster, make them run longer, and make them run cooler. That they are very aware that the MacBook line, the Air and the Pro and the plain old, that's where most of their sales are coming, and they really want to improve the experience there. So the way they were talking about the new MacBook Airs with, you know, was it not? and 11 hours of battery life, that's amazing. And some of that's good hardware engineering. Some of it's going to be coming from software. But whatever it is, so far I read a report from Ed Baig at USA Today, and he said with his test, which is not the same as Apple's test, he got a pretty good amount of hours from the 13-inch version. Mm-hmm. 
in general, all those numbers from, from vendors are a little optimistic. That's my experience. And of course, that's on a new machine in good conditions. So, you know, after you've had it for a year and you're doing all sorts of different stuff, it's not going to be that good anymore. But the simple fact is, is that it's better. And some of the stuff that they're talking about coming in OS X Mavericks in particular is going to probably help even more. I mean, I'll be curious if Apple starts adjusting the battery estimates on existing hardware once OS X Mavericks comes out because if you'll get better battery life once you're using it. Well, it's like here's an operating system that says your computer will run faster, your computer will have more battery life. What's not to like? Yeah, <laughs> this is what we've been com- we've been asking for for so long. In some ways, is look, we do what we do. We're not going to change what we do for Apple. So make what we do run better. Make our existing programs run faster. Make our Macs last longer on battery. You know, all these kinds of things that don't require us to sort of come up with a new way of working or changing our lives for this new software. Well, certainly looking at OS ten. A lot of people were saying that the thin or flat as in look would carry over to OS X, but based on what we see of OS X Mavericks, it doesn't look altogether different. No, I have a little bit of a hard time getting too caught up in the the detailed design discussions, but... I personally do not think that it is great to be changing computer interfaces radically. That's one of those situations where form often causes functionality to suffer. I'm still not happy, for instance, about the scroll bars in Mountain Lion and Lion. They're just harder to use. Yes, I don't always need them. I have scroll wheels and trackpads and all that kind of stuff, but sometimes I really do want to use them and they're now harder. So, you know, that was something where they changed functionality to meet the form and I and I think that was a mistake. So, the fact that Mavericks seems to be looking more or less like Mountain Lion is is in my mind a good thing. Well, I think that it's a matter of differentiating the mobile operating system from the desktop, and this is something, of course, Microsoft hasn't learned. Microsoft believes they should be the same. Well, and, you know, honestly, I think Apple really wants them to be pretty similar, too. I mean, when you look at the way that Apple is bringing iBooks and Maps and has already bought reminders and notes and contacts and calendars so that they are basically the same on the two platforms, that's what Apple wants. They really do not want you to be jumping through mental hoops every time you want to switch apps. So, that, But that's my point, is, is they're going to be doing that as much as possible while hopefully still not overdoing it in terms of just kind of copying iOS. I mean, I think Launchpad, for instance... Completely worthless. Not worthless for someone who is completely new to the Mac but has iOS experience, but certainly for the bulk of Mac users who have used Macs before. Launchpad is just not a necessary thing. They've got 17 other ways of launching apps. They don't need to copy iOS. Only 17 ways? <laughs> well, last I counted, but that right. I was you know, off the top of my head. Well, you know, we'll be criticized for giving the wrong numbers, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the thing I also see is doing logical, sensible things to the finder, addressing it, adding tabs, which seems a simple thing, because that's being done already by third-party utilities. And that's a question I'll ask you also about iOS, which is Apple does things here that cause problems for third-party publishers or maybe take away some of their steam. 
In iOS? Yes, I, th- I think that's true. Even in OS X because of this cloud-based password manage- uh, management. Yeah. And you think of iPassword, which is now saying, well, we're much more comprehensive. We do a lot more things. Maybe that's true. But for 90% of the people who want password management, this is the way to do it. There are two possibilities. Both of these things have happened in the past. So with apps like LastPass, uh, which is web-based, or 1Password, which is Mac-based, or there are two possibilities. One is, is that iCloud Keychain, which is Apple's new password management technology in Mavericks, will frankly hurt them badly. That's possibility. Sometimes Apple enters a market and just destroys the alternatives. The other possibility is that, you know, as popular as these apps are, that there are still lots of people who are like, oh, I don't need anything like that. They'll start using iCloud Keychain and they'll say, wow, I really do need a password manager. And uh, what do you mean iCloud Keychain doesn't work on my old Mountain Lion machine or it doesn't work in Chrome or I can't store notes in there too? You know, all of these other things that 1Password and LastPass and the like do. And so that second option is, is that iCloud Keychain will in essence be the tease for people to upgrade to the more powerful third-party utilities. Well, that's one way to look at it. We can hope for their sake that it is. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want them to be, as they say, Sherlocked. Precisely. And I feel badly for companies when Apple just steps on them. You know, that they've been filling a need for lots and lots of Mac users for a very long time. You know, Apple added text expansion to OS X a while back. And it didn't kill Text Expander and Type It For Me and Typeinator. They're still going strong because Apple's approach isn't very powerful. Adam Inks joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Folks, you'll want to hear this. No matter what size your business, people don't take you seriously unless you have a professional-looking website. You can empower your business with a stunning online presence, and it's free. Join over 30 million people who have built their websites with Wix. Once again, it's completely free. It requires absolutely no design or coding skills. Want to know more? Check out Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. 
Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. Got a simple question for you. Can you sell? Yes? Okay. Can you sell the intangible? If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends, if you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships, if you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise, and you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is one of the largest largest independent talk radio networks in the world and we're hiring right now we offer benefits and an excellent commission structure experience preferred but we'll train the right person is that you submit your resume today to advertise at gcnlive.com again that's advertise at gcnlive.com come work with the genesis communications network an equal opportunity employer Hi, my name is Annette, and due to menopause symptoms for nearly two years, I suffered severe hot flashes, which prevented me from sleeping all night. It was so hard to work because it continued all day to have the hot flashes from hell. I was exhausted and depleted. After only three weeks on One World Way, I have no hot flashes, and I'm sleeping normally again. I feel energized and strong. This is an amazing product. It is a little-known fact that every single cell of your body is supposed to produce 10% of its protein content as glutathione. But due to toxicity and aging, it does not. Could glutathione be a missing factor in optimal cell function for your entire body? If you restore the optimal glutathione levels in your cells, especially your glands and organs, then as a result, your glands and organs work better. Imagine the quality of life improvement you might have. To order One World Way, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Adam Angst of Tidbits and Take Control Books joining us. We're talking about Apple's WWDC keynote and the new product announcements, about the fact that Apple has added features to iOS and to OS X that maybe step on the toes of third-party developers, but Apple, when they do it, they do it with baby steps. I think I think the trick is is that Apple is interested in doing something which is simple and easy to use, and often simple and easy to use results in not very powerful in comparison to what has come before. There are a lot of features that a lot of people have been clamoring for, in OS X and iOS, and of course Apple hears that, and third-party developers say, well, Apple isn't doing it, we will. Right. But they have to know when they get into this game that if they do very well, if they address a really important need 
for one of Apple's operating systems, Apple's going to jump in there. It's inevitable. It's always going to happen. It's a long story that has happened many times as people have, you know, filled in incredible niches and then been stepped on. So, you know, I said, I don't think developers are surprised when it happens, although certainly when they have built up a big business and then Apple squunches them, you know, it's hard for them to be happy about it. Okay, looking at iOS, everyone said flat is in, but it's not so much flat as multi-dimensional using layers and translucency and this parallax effect to make it look like you're actually observing a 3D image. It's very cool, I have to say. <laughs> it is really cool the way they did it. You know, this is one of those situations where sometimes we forget just how much processing power we have in these devices, and, and computers even more so. Just because we don't need pages to run faster doesn't mean that that processing power can't be used to significant effect in things like this parallax you know that's something that apple's got all the technology there to do this and maybe it's just eye candy but i'm willing to bet that we end up in a situation where it is or becomes an integral part of the user experience in a more significant way the key of this, of course, is the fact that now that Apple's done this, third-party developers are going to have to address their apps and do things to make them look smoother, more consistent. All this stuff is not going to be just inherited. No, this is going to be a big deal. And I don't really know what the answer is going to be because developers have to figure this out. It's not even so much that, oh, gee, you have to make your app look good in iOS 7 and you'll want to follow some of the iOS 7 uh, design trends. But how do you keep backward compatibility with iOS 6 and potentially iOS 5 for apps that are still being tried for that? So we run into this with our Tidbits News app. And Matt, that Matt Newberg writes for us. And every revision, he pretty much has said, I'm going to drop compatibility with you know, some older version of iOS. And people are always up in arms because, well, it doesn't look that different. Well, no, it doesn't, except when you actually are a programmer and you look at all the stuff that's there, stuff changes in radical ways from iOS 4 to 5 to 6 and now to 7. And so the visual aspect is perhaps just the most obvious in iOS 7, but you're going to want to take advantage of iOS 7 features, and they're not going to be there in iOS 6, so you're going to want to cut those machines off. And remember, Apple has done some really major things for iOS, such as improve multitasking, so there are new multitasking APIs. In fact, I think the quote is 1,500 new yeah. APIs for iOS 7. That sounds just daunting. It is daunting, although I think you have to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt that some of that stuff can be pretty small. So, I mean, Matt Newberg's written about that for Tidbits on occasion, too. And he's like, yes, there is a lot there, but it's not as much as you would necessarily expect. But I do think that the one thing that Apple has done well to minimize some of the concerns surrounding this backward compatibility issue is, is that the only two devices I believe that iOS 6 supports that iOS 7 does not are the iPhone 3GS and the fourth generation iPod Touch. So it's not as though Apple is knocking off a huge number of devices off the back of the wagon. Now, just to look at that, for example, according to published reports, and we're not going to say this officially, the system requirements for OS 10 Mavericks is identical to OS X Mountain Lion, which means 
that Macs between four and six years old are supported. That's pretty good. That is. However, one thing that I'm expecting with that is that some of the features in Mavericks will not function under older machines because the, because they will actually be depending on certain hardware requirements that are not there. So, in other words, we have fast enough chips, but those chips have also gotten new features you know, at very low levels, and Apple has been taking advantage of those. And so some things may simply not be available if you're working on a four-year-old Mac, even though Mavericks itself will run. Now, one of the key criticisms we're seeing about iOS 7 is that Apple borrowed or adapted features from other platforms. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. (laughs) The world is such that you cannot come up with everything from whole cloth, and no one can. And so it's Equally as ludicrous to criticize Apple for copying other people as it is for, uh, to criticize other people for copying Apple. Except maybe it seems more eager or deliberate. You know, and I give the example, the classic example of when Samsung, this came out during the trial of Apple versus Samsung over patent rights. When Samsung was developing smartphones, they all look like Blackberries with a physical keyboard. And then the iPhone comes out and what do they look like? You know, I mean, that's absolutely true. And there's a difference between slavishly copying and being inspired by something. But you would hope that people would, you know, that the designers would basically say the iPhone looks a certain way and we want to nod to that design aesthetic in something new we were going to be doing. doesn't mean you just knock it off directly, but I don't know if you've seen um, a Chromebook Pixel, for instance, that Google did. You know, it's a clamshell laptop, but it doesn't really look like a MacBook. It has different design aesthetics at, at a certain level. And that's the kind of stuff that you want to see is that, you know, people can, can make it so that the, the machine looks modern. It looks like something that fits in with other modern stuff or interfaces that look like they go with, you know, what's coming out. But they do not have to be radically different every time. And it's still okay. Well, with a TV set, you figure that. I mean, how many different ways can you make a flat panel TV set? Right now, the goal is to make a thinner and thinner bezel, so soon it's all picture and very little else. And then you'll have a really hard time not copying it. (laughs) Right. They all look the same. I mean, we had a review sample sent by one of the TV makers, and I'm saying, okay, so there's basically you've got these tiny speakers on the bottom because there's no room for them, so you need external speakers. You have a tiny corner where the logo of the company is placed on the right side. All the controls are on the side or back. The front is all screen, very little bezel, tiny little bezel. We're going to have to reach this bezel and cross the threshold and see what's going to go on. We've got Adam Inkst of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker to thank you for being a loyal listener we have a limited-time freebie offer for you. Claim your free heirloom tomato seeds, just pay shipping, right now at 123freeseeds.com. These aren't ordinary seeds. These are heirloom, non-genetically modified super seeds that are open-pollinated and can be grown, harvested, and replanted endlessly. These survival seeds are actually more valuable than gold in a crisis. Go to 123freeseeds.com and you can get an airtight storage packet of 150 super seeds free while supplies last to say thank you for being a loyal listener. First come, first served. Just cover shipping. Go to 123freeseeds.com now to see if your free heirloom seeds are still available. That's 123freeseeds.com. Move Over Organic, the Purganic Companion ebook and cookbook sets a new standard for purity in our diet with a 100% toxin-free lifestyle. It's time for an American renaissance in health and quality of life. This book is loaded with simple methods to holistically eliminate disease, original recipes, a 30-day diet plan, and much more. Purchase now at PureGanicCompanion.com. The Purganic Companion, the preventative maintenance manual for the human body. We the people grow cotton, we fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. 
We have Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. And we were talking about Apple's WWDC getting good marks for presentation. I have to say, Craig, Craig Federighi is my new favorite Apple exec. <laughs> he is really good. They said he used to be very awkward. And now they were saying he was like a professional stand-up comedian. He owns he had- the room. He has good lines. And uh, the thing I liked the most was he was showing off Game Center. He, if people have seen him, he has in, somewhat interesting-looking hair, not unusual, horribly so or anything. But when he was showing off Game Center, his, his screen name was Hair Supply. <laughs> I just thought, you know, this guy has a sense of humor that he is willing to, you know, poke fun at himself in a, you know, in a small way. He had a lot of fun saying, you know, things like, you know, no virtual cows were harmed in the making of the calendar interface, you know, to talk about they weren't going to be doing, you know, faux leather this time. And he said, you know, that we'd run out of green felt when talking about Game Center. It's just, it was really nice to see. He did kind of the same thing with the cats. Yes. We've run out of cat names. We didn't want to delay the OS, so we'll pick locations. And of course, Mavericks, number one, it's the name of a sports team. But for Apple, it's the name of a place where you do surfing. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Mavericks name, honestly. I mean, I will get over it. It is just a name. It will cease to have any meaning very quickly. But it doesn't really work for me as an explanation or, um, you know, for having anything connected with the operating system. But it's a name. What did Mountain Lion have to do with anything? I mean, the only reason why the cats made sense in any way was that they had started out as internal code names, which there's a long tradition of internal code names in the computer industry. And it was kind of fun when the internal code name got it sort of snuck out and became public, that that was really cool with, what was it, Jaguar. And then, you know, and then continuing on with Panther and Tiger and Leopard and Snow Leopard and Lion and Mountain Lion, it was really kind of neat. It didn't mean anything, but it was interesting because it was a pattern, it was a trend, and, and it, you know, it gave them some visuals. You know, with the places in California that have inspired Apple, you know, there's, there's sort of no way to speculate about anything, um, you know, what could come next. It's, you know, there's, it's, it, it gets them out of having any kind of progression, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, they'll be able to do uh, OS 10.10 Fresno, and that will somehow be better than 10.9 Mavericks. I mean, who knows? It's a little random, and, you know, I realize I, I'm just not in this world, but, you know, big wave surfing? Really? That's, a, that's something that inspires Apple? People died there. I mean, come on. Well, he's thinking of making waves. There has uh, to be something like that. I don't uh, know. Yeah, whatever. It's a name. It'll go away as something we have to think about in a few, another week or two. Maybe. And there's no <laughs> nickname for iOS 7, so that's better. Yes, yes. Okay. You know, iOS 7, iOS 8, you know, just, I mean, at some point they'll probably have to do something because it may sound kind of silly when they get to iOS 13 or whatever, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. They'll go to iOS 14. <laughs> you can bet on that. I would not presume to judge what Apple's going to do. But let's look up to the other item that Apple introduced. Of course, it was a minor refresh to the MacBook Air. And I'll get more into that in our next segment with the folks from iFixit who basically try to tear it down. (laughs) And it's as unrepairable as anything you can imagine. But I don't want to prejudge what Kyle's going to tell us in the next segment. So let's just get on with this. Okay, so we know this line was rehearsed. Everything about this session was rehearsed. 
So we have the famous can't innovate anymore my ass <laughs> from Phil yeah. Schiller. We know that Phil Schiller can be a little earthy at times. Yep, yep. Yeah, I was I nonetheless it was rehearsed, but he still I'll give him credit. He pulled it off perfectly. You didn't get the sense that he was, you know, you didn't get the sense that he was he was rehearsing, you know, he was just delivering a line. He snuck it in as just a little bit of a comment at some point. You know, he was talking about the Mac Pro. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, the the sequence of things. And the Mac Pro is pretty impressive. Um, It was interesting watching Apple describe it, in part because it was a sneak peek, not something that's going to be shipping even anytime soon. And I think they really did have to say something about the Mac Pro. You know, it had been too long, and this particular audience is one that cares about uh, high-end machines. So, you know, in that respect, I'm not surprised that they previewed it. And also, it gives people a little bit more of a chance to get used to the concept. Because, <laughs> man, is it, you know, is it different? Well, and the other thing to be concerned about here is, will content creators be upset over the fact that there's no internal expansion other than RAM? It will depend a little bit on what the external chassis turns out to be. If that's something that Apple does and it fits in perfectly and it's just perfect, just great, then probably no. If it's something that you know we rely on third parties to do and it always feels a little horsey, then you know that might be more of a problem. So. You know, the machine has only kind of some internal flash storage. It does not have, you know, room for all those big hard drives that, you know, videographers and, and, and audio people really want. So we will just have to see if an external chassis connected via Thunderbolt can hold everything they want in a, frankly, better way. There's no reason why I assume it can't be better. Well, certainly the technology is there. I was thinking of maybe a base for it where it screws into the base. Because it's a cylinder or a tube. Possibly. The only question then is is heat, that they may not want you doing something like that to uh, mess up the heat uh, heat, uh, heat flow. Well, if it's day. Apple's official solution, if they come up with an official yes. solution for it, then they will accommodate the heat flow. Precisely. And... No one really knows about this. People haven't 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 done haven't gotten a chance to do much more than look at them. So, you know, we'll see. But uh, you know, frankly, it's really cool looking. And you know, someone was saying a cylinder. You know, what what you know what about why a cylinder? Like, well, you know, there are only so many basic shapes. You know, <laughs> you know, you know, it's got to be some shape. And we've done the whole big, you know, kind of rectangular solid shape. Why, we, you know, we had a cube way back when. Why not? Uh, why not go for for a cylinder? I think the only concern is is the Mac Pro. Some people might be saying going to be another cube. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of a question of that. I mean, I think Apple's pretty clear this is not going to be a, t- a hot seller. That you know, the Mac Pro is aimed at a very particular audience, and that audience is. You know, probably, probably, actually, will appreciate it more than more than most. But the simple fact is that it's going to be expensive. It's going to be the kind of thing that most people look at and go, "Yeah, I can't really justify that." I mean, I've always had Apple's professional level Macs, and you know, I'm looking at it going, "Yeah, probably can't justify that." <laughs> I don't know. I'll stick with the iMac. 
And, you know, for most people, an iMac or a Mac Mini really does everything you want. I mean, I've been hearing from a lot of people who replaced Mac Pros with Mac Minis because the Mini now has that much more processing power. Some people are saying this is just an overgrown Mac Mini, but it's also got six Thunderbolt slots. I was going to say, it's an overgrown Mac Mini, but it's a really overgrown Mac Mini. I mean, it's, you know, busting out all over. Yes, it is. (laughs) You know, we're talking about... Xeon, which is a much more powerful processor, up to 12 cores. The amount of RAM, they're saying if you can get the chips big enough, up to 128 gigabytes, but that requires four chips, 32 gigabytes each. They're going to cost an arm, a leg, and a foot. So we have to think that people like Mac Sales are going to have to come up with the third-party RAM. We'll have to see. Well, also, there's the the one other thing that's really interesting about that is dual high-end GPUs. The Fire Pro from AMD. Some saying, though, they'd like to see the CUDA technology for parallel processing from NVIDIA, but that's another discussion which we can't do right now. Adam Inkst, where do we find more of your stuff? You can go to tidbits.com for all of our coverage of WWDC and Take Control Books, where we are actually just about to release uh, the second edition of one of our best-selling books of all time, Take Control of Backing Up Your Mac. From Joe Kissel, I bet. That's right. You got it. Joe is unstoppable. (laughs) He is. He'll be back on the show soon. Adam Inks, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night How Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Wouldn't it be nice to have one product that replaces more than 10, saving you space, time, and money? HempUSA.org has a complete full-spectrum vitamin mineral detox formulation called MicroPlant Powder Gold. MicroPlant Powder Gold contains 101 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and iodine, has a 100-year shelf life, and is a perfect addition to any storage shelter. Make MicroPlant Powder Gold your choice. Call 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org today. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a silver dollar in a book explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. 
time and time again. You need to come here and help us. We need assistance. Please. Those we should be able to depend on let us down. Federal and state and local officials saying help is on the way. Will the folks here in Bell Harbor say show me? Don't depend on the government to save you. Take action now so that you're prepared for the next disaster with MyPatriotSupply.com. Get the best prices on storable food, non-GMO seeds, water filtration devices, home canning equipment, survival and self-reliance books, and more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Call 866-229-0927. We are hurting down here, and we need help immediately. Before it's time to survive, it's time to prepare. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Can heart and body extract help with other ailments besides heart conditions, high blood pressure, clogged arteries, or unbalanced cholesterol? It did for Karen. I've been using heart and body extract for approximately two weeks. I've had an earwax buildup problem for many years, with over-the-counter stuff not working at all. I had very poor hearing due to this earwax buildup. Well, after two weeks of taking heart and body extract, my earwax buildup almost completely cleared up. Could this be the effect of better body circulation? Heart and Body Extract is an effective 100% organic nutritional supplement specially formulated to allow your body to heal itself. My hearing is almost completely back to normal. I'm amazed. Order by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and Body Extract for long and healthy life. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Kyle Weens from iFixit.com. These are the people who tear things down and figure out what's required to repair them. And sometimes the news is rather frustrating. So before we go on, Kyle, and welcome back to the show. It's been a few years. Thanks for having me back on. Have any manufacturers actually learned anything from the things you've done? I think so. I think it's it's informing the, the debate and the discussion. And we are seeing some designs uh, that are very repairable. Uh, including some of Apple's recent recent devices. So I think I think that the message is starting to get out there that consumers really do care about whether we can fix our own things and how long the stuff that we buy lasts. And uh, certainly some manufacturers like Dell and HP have been vocal recently uh, talking about how repairable their tablets are. So it's something that some manufacturers are paying attention to, and, and we'd like to see more manufacturers pay attention to it, especially our all of our favorite manufacturers. Okay, with regard to Apple. In right. what ways do you think they've changed things in last year or two to make some of their products more repairable? Well, the, the teardown that we released was for the Airport Extreme. And it's actually a little bit easier to get into than the previous airport. Uh, so the, the last airport had uh, rubber uh, on the bottom of it. And the first time I pulled that rubber up, I ended up ripping the rubber in half. It's just the rubber, rubber mat on the bottom. So um, that's rubber that you couldn't put to the road. 
<laughs> it's yeah, and and the, the thing with that is that you could you could still get it off. You're just going to kind of rip up the bottom of it in the process of getting the whole thing apart, which is just not a very good user experience. Um, the new one, uh, we didn't really have that problem with. We had a we had a great time getting inside, and uh, it, it's pretty modular. So particularly in the case of the time capsule. It's going to be very straightforward for people to open that up and install a bigger hard drive. If we have five terabyte hard drives in a year or two, you'll be able to upgrade your time capsule pretty easily. What's it now, two and three? Yeah, they, they released with two and three gig, uh, terabyte drives, uh, which seems like a lot. But if you're, you're sharing that with, with your whole family, you could imagine filling that up and then, and then wanting, wanting something more. Are they decent grade drives? Yeah, well, you know... I wish I knew the answer to that. Um, we spent all our time on the airport extreme and we, we took apart our time capsule just to check to see that there was a hard drive and there was connectors. And I forgot to look at what type of drive was in it. So maybe I can find out and let you know. Just to update our listeners, what Kyle found after he rechecked the time capsule is that it uses a standard consumer grade Seagate Barracuda drive. If I have a regular airport extreme, can I take it apart and put a drive in there or not? That's a great question. We wish they had. Uh, it's the exact same design, so it's almost there, but they left the connector off the main board to be able to do it. Not something that you can just plug in? No, it's not. There's room inside. It's clear that it's designed uh, the same as the time capsule, but they, they left the headers off the board. It's something that they could have done if they had wanted, so that's... And it wouldn't have really added any cost for Apple. They, they just decided not to, which is, I guess, a little bit of a shame. It would be pretty awesome if you could buy the airport extreme and then decide a year or two down the road that you wanted to turn it into a backup enclosure. Okay, so looking at the one with the built-in drive, taking it off, how long does it take to physically open it, remove a drive, insert another drive, and close it? What do you think? Sure, this teardown, it didn't take us very long at all. I mean, you flip it upside down. Uh, we used a little bit of a pry tool to pop the bottom off, uh, which is an Apple logo with some vents on the bottom. Uh, and then once you get that off, you can basically see inside, and then it's just remove, remove some torque screws, uh, disconnect some, some cables, and then uh, there's some screws at the bottom of the case, and then the whole thing just slides out of the case. So I would say, following instructions, you could do this in 10, 20 minutes. Okay, it looks like standard connectors, though, not proprietary stuff. Right, we're not seeing any of the proprietary pentalobe screws. This is all standard torques. Uh, so this is the sort of thing, if you have a screwdriver kit from us, you have no problem getting in. As a practical matter, though, with a router, if the router goes, you're not going to take it apart at yourself. You're just going to, well, if it's under warranty, you'll have it fixed by the manufacturer or the dealer, or you'll buy a new one. Yeah, uh, maybe. We have seen uh, issues with, with routers. Uh, the biggest problem with them historically has been the power supplies go out. You know, they're, they're running 24-7. And oftentimes when a power supply fails, it's just a capacitor that, that's gone out. And so with the Airport Expresses, there was, there was a big capacitor plague problem with the Airport Expresses. And so I know a lot of people, it had an integrated power supply just like, just like the new Airport Extreme does. And so people would take it apart and the whole thing was glued together so it was a, quite a bit of a challenge to take it apart but then you just threw in some 20 cent capacitors and, and the thing would continue to function so i don't know i mean it, it might not be a completely mainstream thing to do but but if there are issues with it you know the fan going out or something i could very much very easily imagine that's something that probably every airport extreme in five years is going to need a new fan and that's something anybody should be able to do well then of course be a new wi-fi standard so you just throw it out <laughs> that's how it works 
Okay, this is the new Airport Extreme, which is 802.11ac, which means faster. It's a draft standard. The final standard's not approved, but this is what always happens. They'll update the firmware with a new standard. You get the equivalent, I guess, of gigabit Ethernet now right. on your Wi-Fi. That's cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, dramatically faster. Uh, I'm really uh, looking forward to the, the improved speeds. We still have a lot of folks around here. Uh, plugging, uh, you know, they plug in the Ethernet when they when they need to go faster than the Wi-Fi, and so it should be really nice. Um, and you know, they had the they had to expand the number of antennas in there. They handle it. Uh, it handles. Uh, it's a much the way that they they accomplish it with AC is it's it, it uses more of the airwaves to uh, broadcast. So it's it's got a wider frequency spectrum that that it talks over. With um, existing gear, though, eight hundred two eleven, and it just works the same as the other routers no better uh right uh, that, that's that's my impression now we, we haven't done testing yet but but i don't think apple is claiming that it performs any better than the current airport express at either to 11 a.m all right well it looks like something worth getting even if you don't take it down okay let's tear down a 13 inch macbook air now this is the mid 2013 model right now theoretically the changes are intel has a new haswell chips which offer Slightly better performance, better graphics performance, and use less power, more power efficiencies. And Apple also has, I gather, a slightly larger battery. So let's right. take this apart. This is not user-serviceable in the traditional sense. You can't replace memory on this. You can't replace the drive, can you? Right. It's a proprietary SSD slot, although it's, it's certainly possible that we'll have some upgrades that come out on the marketplace. So that's something that we're watching for. Let's say you get a, a MacBook Air. Actually, a friend of mine the other day, she, she called me up out of the blue. She lives in D.C. And she says, hey, uh, I just spilled water on my MacBook Air, which they do. And I said, well, the first thing you want to do is take it apart, dry it out, and then you know, put it back together and, and see if you can, you can turn it back on. And she says, okay, well, how do I take it apart? And I said, well, first you need a proprietary pentalobe screwdriver. And she says, oh, well, I don't have one of those. That kind of shoots any hopes of getting it fixed. So, Why does so, Apple do that? Well, Apple doesn't like you and me. Apple is... They probably uh, don't like me because I write articles and sometimes they don't like to read. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're being honest. We're just saying that this is a problem consumers have is, you know, we need to be able to get into our hardware, whether it's it's to deal with a liquid spill issue or maybe we had another one with a bigger SSD we want to swap in here. I mean, it's our hardware. We should be able to do what we want with it. On the one side, Apple is doing everyone a, a disservice. On the other hand, they have handed me uh, quite a pretty business making pentalobe screwdrivers and selling them to people. So you can absolutely get this screwdriver from us on our online store. It's just a shame that you have to buy a proprietary tool, but but it is it is something that's available that you can get from us. So I, I think everybody that owns a MacBook Air should own, a, should own a screwdriver to get inside. All right. Now, just to remind everybody, the new MacBook Airs were introduced this week at the Apple Worldwide Developers Conference. They're already available, and people are testing them. As a matter of fact, Ed Begg at USA Today, the newspaper, ended up actually testing actually testing the product to see what kind of battery life he got and it's pretty good mm -hmm. it's pretty good yeah and i mean we saw so as soon as we got the bottom case off we were able to see and they they did uh slightly increase the size of the battery so it's just a little bit bigger and then they're using a uh, slightly improved battery chemistry to to get 7.6 volts out of it instead of 7.3 volts before uh so it is definitely an improved battery pack uh, so that's part of the, the improvement, but most of the improvement comes from the updated circuitry. And this and, is the Haswell chips. Also, Apple 
gave you more solid-state storage for the same price. And that's pretty good. I mean, the original MacBook Airs with solid-state storage, you got 64 gigabytes. So you were really forced to do something. Now it's 128, and for a couple of hundred dollars more, you can get 256, which is pretty good, pretty generous, as a matter of fact. Speaking of generous, we have the generous time being spent by Kyle Weens. He is one of the people over at ifixit.com, and they tell you how to tear things down, and they even sell you some of the proprietary tools so you can do that because Apple sure don't make it easy. We'll have more to come on the other side of the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Did you know that 50% of heart attacks are brought on by infections? Did you know that hospitals are breeding grounds for antibiotic-resistant bugs like MRSA? The environment is infected with parasites, and the mild winter means ticks with Lyme disease, mosquitoes with West Nile virus, and cold and flu viruses will be on the rise. Protect yourself with nature's natural antiparasitic, antiviral, antifungal, antibiotic, Allison, the heart of garlic. Get concentrated protection with Ali C and Aliban from Affinity Health Products. One capsule of Ali C equals 40 cloves of garlic or 100 garlic pills with no garlic breath. Aliban has Allison in spray, liquid, and cream forms with three times more strength than leading brands and costs less. Go to Ali-C.com, spelled A-L-L-I-C.com, or call 855-ALLISON. That's 855-255-4246. That's 855-255-4246. Protect yourself with Ali C and Ali Ban from Affinity Health Products at Ali-C.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Kyle Weens from iFixit joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. We're talking about the new MacBook Air. He's got the 13-inch version, tore it down. So you have these crazy proprietary screws. You open it up, you've got a battery, but it's not a replaceable battery, is it? Right. Now, Apple has designed the the battery. I mean, they're using proprietary tools on there. Fortunately, it's not as bad as on the retina so if, if you can get the computer open you it's something you can absolutely replace the, the battery with uh, we gave the 
MacBook Air a 4 out of 10 repairability score and one of the replaceable components uh, that we don't think any consumer would have any trouble replacing in this computer is the battery. After you've had your MacBook Air for a year or so, you need to replace the battery. It's not going to be any problem as long as you have the, the screwdriver to uh, open it up and swap in a new battery. Now, it's when possible. it comes to the memory, that's soldered onto the logic board? Is the memory the is soldered onto the main board, so there is no way I would buy a MacBook Air without paying Apple to upgrade the memory at factory time. So I would absolutely only buy the one with the 8 gigabytes of, of RAM. Okay, that's $100 more or something like that. Yeah, but I mean, it's something that you have to get at purchase time. You're not going to be able to do that upgrade later. Same for the drive. On the drive, there, I think there's going to be some upgrade options available in the future. Uh, we'll see whether it's something we're, we're watching for. There isn't anything available right now, but in the past with the MacBook Air, there have been some upgrade options. They tend to be expensive, but they're an option, and it is a slot on the board rather than being completely soldered on. So you can take it off if you have to. Yeah, and and you'll see, if you look at the teardown, it's very straightforward. Once you get inside, it's easy to get the battery out. It's easy to get the SSD out. It's the rest of it that's that's a challenge. Well, after that, that's about all you're going to want to do, right? Well, you know, you need to be able to get in and clean the fan or replace the fan. If you if you have an issue with the display, uh, it's still very common that people break break displays in their machines. Uh, we will be writing and, and releasing a repair manual for the, the MacBook Air. It's something that we will be in, enabling people to do repairs on. But Apple is not designing for those repairs, and they're, they're making it a bit more challenging for us. But you can see from the teardown, I mean, we, we were able to completely dismantle the laptop. It wasn't too bad. So is this easier than the previous MacBook Air or the same? This is exactly the same as the previous MacBook Air when it comes to disassembling it. Uh, there are some some subtle differences. There's two microphones on the side of it. There's the new Haswell chipset. There's some rearranging in terms of how the fan and the mainboard are arranged and the heat sink on the, uh, on the processor. But in general, this is exactly the same hardware design as the last one. Before we go to other products, I wonder what is going to be involved in fixing the new Mac Pro. <laughs> the new Mac Pro looks reasonably accessible. The it's one the where we Pro. have an article about this on our site on technightout.com about this because we wondered, is this another cube in the making because it's an exotic <laughs> shape? So therefore, the article is called From Cube to Tube. <laughs> It certainly seems very similar. I mean, the cube had a uh, internal, uh, you know, similar heat uh, design where where the heat would rise up to the center of it. Uh, so there's there's a lot of design inspiration. Clearly, Apple has has come a long way in industrial design since then. But a lot of the same concepts of we're going to make it as small as possible. We're really going to minimize noise, and it's not going to be upgradable. So you're not going to be able to swap out. The memory. I mean, it's crazy to me that we're we're making a professional grade workstation without terabytes of storage. I mean, if you're doing this much graphics, you got to be able to have access to terabytes of storage. And it, it seems like Apple is saying, "Well, we're just going to let let everybody else do it." So what you're going to end up with is this absolutely gorgeous, sleek device, and then 15 cables running out from it to all the additional accessories that you have to buy. They have six Thunderbolt ports. Four USB 3 ports, and I guess they expect it's all going to work with Thunderbolt. Right. That'll do it. You know, you'll get a RAID assembly, a single yeah, you'll cabinet. You'll have an external graphics card hooked up over, over Thunderbolt. Uh, I think I think that's that's where they're going, but it, it doesn't seem quite, <laughs> quite fair to say, oh, well, our product will be sleek, but then you're still going to have to deal with a mess of cables because uh, you're going to need all this other stuff anyway. I guess they can make the argument that 
you can take the same stuff and transport it to computer to computer. So it'll work on a Mac Mini, and it'll work faster on a Mac Pro. Right. And I, I suspect that's the game that Apple's getting at, is they're really trying to shift everybody away from the workstations and onto their laptops. And so they're saying, well, if you're, we, we want to get the accessory companies, rather than making a graphics card that only works on the Mac Pro, make an accessory card, uh, a graphics card that hooks up over, over Thunderbolt, so then you can plug it into your MacBook Pro and be able to use it over that. And, and that's the, kind of a cool idea. Well, the problem with Thunderbolt has been there's very few product out there. Yeah, I think this is Apple giving the Thunderbolt accessory market a shot in the arm. If a lot of people buy a Mac Pro, certainly. Right. Well, and the accessory companies are going to see, okay, this is the path. If I want to make a really high-end, uh, awesome external RAID array, it's going to be Thunderbolt. And if I want to make a graphics card for the Mac Pro, it's going to be Thunderbolt. And then I might as well also make it work with the MacBook Pro. So it's something if somebody can design one product and have it work through a whole bunch of Macs. Right. I was thinking Apple should maybe make some kind of base with the peripheral cards and the other assemblies in there and have you take the tube and stick it into the base. <laughs> that would be cooler. They could make an external enclosure that, I mean, it's kind of funny, all the things that we want. We want, we want to be able to put desktop hard drives in it. We want to be able to put uh, you know, ad- additional discrete graphics cards in it. Uh, those are all the things that normally a, a PC case does. Uh, and I saw I saw one site where they were saying, you know, as we, we were coming up with our wish list of these are all the things that we want in an updated professional Mac desktop. Uh, no one was saying we would like it smaller. As big as the Mac Pro was, I didn't see that on anybody's uh, you know, to-do list for Apple. Please make it dramatically smaller. Well, I did say, I did predict it would be smaller. I was thinking, though, they get all the expandability in there. Or maybe it is going to be super modular because, remember... All you're seeing is a prototype. Right. There is no official release date. There is no price. You don't know, for example, that maybe it's very simple to pull out the solid state drive that's in there. And I think I, looking at it, I think it will be fairly straightforward to upgrade the solid state drive. And it looks like you'll be able to, uh, there's four RAM slots. It looks like you'll be able to upgrade the RAM, no problem. So I think those two are going to be reasonable. The, 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 the big question in everybody's mind is, you're going to be spending a tremendous amount of money, however much it is. We know it's going to be a lot. Uh, and you're going to be spending a lot of money on two current-generation workstation uh, graphics cards and you know, they're going to be out of date much quicker than the rest of the Mac Pro. And it would sure be nice to be able to upgrade the graphics in a year or two's time. Well, I think the argument also is that they're using AMD Fire Pro graphics hardware. But there is also a generation of products from NVIDIA called CUDA, is it, that engages parallel processing and some apps like that. Yes. In the gamer world, uh, NVIDIA is a uh, bigger player at the moment. People are are more a fan of NVIDIA's CUDA core products. Uh, A lot of the developers that I know really like developing for really massive uh, parallel CUDA core architectures. So it's something we're going to have to see it play out. But I, I don't think Apple is, is saying that this is their big entry, triumphant return into the world of gaming. <laughs> I think they have very much given that market up. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We're going to have to see where Apple takes this. But the only possible room for hope here is the fact that the product is not out. There's no shipping date. There's no price. We don't know about the accessory options, whether Apple will build a docking station. 
And that seems tailor-made. And if they don't do it, someone else might be able to build a docking station for that. Right. It seems like there's going to be a really big uh, opportunity for accessories, that they're they're handing the market over to third parties. And so at, at least they've got a, a path in place for doing that. Uh, I'm going to be interested in, in this external upgradability ecosystem and, and how those products do. We will absolutely, the first chance we can get to, to get our, our greedy little paws on a Mac Pro, we'll be getting one and ripping it apart. And in addition to the teardown that we do, and this is the case with everything that we create, uh, the Airport Extreme, the MacBook Air, and the upcoming Mac Pro, we will write a full-blown repair manual for the product as well. So we'll walk you through step-by-step how to replace the SSD and the new Mac Pro or in, in the current MacBook Air. So that's uh, today we're, we're finishing up our teardowns, and then uh, uh, first thing when we get in tomorrow, we're going to start writing the repair manuals for these machines. We have Kyle Weens of iFixit. More to come on the next segment of the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi, this is Gary Cooper with Midas Resources Gold and Silver. Don't be surprised when the global elite confiscates money from your bank account one day. They have already very clearly telling you that they're going to do it. With what just happened in Cyprus serving as a blueprint for future bank bailouts, if you are concerned about keeping your money, why not consider storing your wealth in gold and silver? Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. Together we'll discuss your options of buying gold and silver. Again, the global elite have plans for your money and it doesn't include you. So call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130, and I will send you a booklet with 10 reasons why gold and silver could be right for you. Again, don't get caught with money in your account when the next bank bailout hits. Call me, Gary Cooper, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 130. If you want to approach companies with your invention, the first step is to secure your patent rights. We are Russ Weinzimmer & Associates, a national law firm dedicated to helping you get strong protection for your invention. Already selling a product based on your invention? There may still be time to lock in your rights. Just call us at 800-621-3654 for your confidential free consultation. Or visit strategicpatentlaw.com. That's strategicpatentlaw.com. 
Stop wasting countless hours scouring the web for survival gear when you can visit GearUpCenter.com. We specialize in the latest, most innovative products you can't find anywhere else. Products like the Crowville Multi-Tool, Aquaponics Systems, and our fully loaded Bug-Out Survival Trailer. Tim Ralston here. I created GearUpCenter to bring you the latest quality-tested survival gear at the best price. Be sure to catch me again next season on National Geographic's Doomsday Prepper, where I'll be demonstrating my new Excalibur shotgun adapter system. Get the gear your life can depend on at GearUpCenter.com. Remember, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Kyle Weens from ifixit.com. And these guys tear down the latest tech gear. They buy it at retail. Manufacturers aren't just giving you this stuff, are they? No, they're not. Because you're tearing it down. And sometimes when you tear things down, you rip it apart in more ways than one. That rarely happens, but sometimes that is the case. With with Apple's, well, at least with these products, we didn't have any problems getting them apart. And and we're going to be putting them back together. Now I say I say that we actually we were trying to figure out how to get the the microphone off so we could so we could show off the new microphone, and it was it was glued down. And so we were saying, well, let's try heating it up, and we'll see we'll see if if the adhesive is heat soluble. And the, the only way to find out is to try it. And we actually ended up melting the caps lock key a little bit. So do not do this at home. There's there's no way to find out if an adhesive is heat soluble without without heating it up a little bit. Oh. But you know, that's we we break it so you don't have to. And and that's the whole idea behind our repair manuals is the first time you take something apart it's a little bit challenging. Uh, but once somebody has gone through the pain and, and suffering of figuring out that first time, then we document the process and then it's much, much easier for everybody else out there to be able to do their own repairs. I'll tell you what, this is fascinating, the things you do. All right, just a couple of side questions here for this segment. Going back to the 21.5-inch iMac, the 2012 version. Now, on the 27-inch version, it should be very easy to replace memory. But the 21.5-inch version, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, they're not making it as easy as we would like them to. Apple has been kind of schizophrenic with the iMac designs. They've gone back and forth over the years. With the the twenty seven inch, we've had pretty good luck. But the twenty one inch has really been a, uh, an exercise in frustration. I mean, this this latest one where they basically glued the glass to the back, so 
we have the one in our office that the way that you get the glass off on the previous iMac, there were magnets all the way around the edge. And so you would just use a suction cup uh, and the glass would just lift off the front of it. It was a phenomenal design. I think it was a really great demonstration that Apple's design team can be very clever and come up with really cutting edge thin designs that are also very easy to repair. Uh, but with the, the new one, they decided the magnets were just a little bit too thick. And so they wanted to shave that quarter millimeter off. So they, they replaced the magnets with an adhesive. So you actually have to go and heat up the edge of it, uh, slice into an adhesive foam that's there, and then, then you lift the screen off. I'm, I'm concerned that this is going to lead to these iMacs failing prematurely. Uh, I mean, you've got a hard drive in there that you can't get at. Uh, and I think it's going to hurt the, the resale value of that iMac compared to the previous generation. Oh, boy. So I, maybe it's a good thing that, that Jonathan Ivey is, is moving out of uh, hardware design and over on the, on the software. Maybe we'll get some saner heads uh, and, and get some, some design. Like the current Mac Mini is a phenomenal design. It's very easy to get in and upgrade the hard drive when you want. And it's just too bad that the iMac, I mean, you include, you buy a brand new, very expensive machine. It's got a two and a half inch terabyte drive. You're all excited. And then what do you do when you have two terabytes of stuff? or your hard drive fails after a year, you ought to be able to get in there and upgrade the hard drive. And I mean, we're, we're writing repair manuals for the iMac, so it, it, it will be possible to get it and do, but it's just not going to be very easy. Pay somebody to do it. Right, absolutely. And that's that's part of what's what's been cool about getting the repair manuals out there on iFixit, is, is that it's really spawned a huge uh, market of lots and lots of independent Apple techs who don't necessarily have access to Apple's uh, internal service documentation, but because we've been able to put our manuals out there, it levels the playing field and it has made Mac repair accessible. E- even the people that aren't, aren't going to do it themselves, it means that there's going to be a local guy in your neighborhood that can do it. And you know, he's got professional level documentation to be able to learn how to do it right the first time. Very quickly, some other products, the Samsung galaxy S4. Okay. Yeah, so the, the galaxy S4 is, is a really cool phone. Uh-huh. I, I think well, you can take the back off at least. You can take the back off. So that's that's the first thing I look at with a cell phone is: am I going to be able to replace the battery easily, or can I take two batteries with me when I'm out on the road so I don't have to buy some crazy add-on battery pack? So that that's that's a point in Samsung's favor. And then uh, the phone is also pretty modular, easy to get into. The hardware design is not very different from the Galaxy S3, which it turns out is actually a good thing. The Galaxy S3 was a pretty durable phone, pretty easy to work on, pretty rugged. I think a little bit more rugged than the iPhone. So I'm thrilled with with Samsung's hardware design. Now, I mean, they cluttered up the software with a whole bunch of kind of silly little widgets and gizmos. And I'd prefer to go with a a stock Android than an Android modified with some of Samsung's half-hearted attempts at software. But outside of the the software, uh, the hardware is really very nice. I think the problem we see with the software is that there's a lot of junk in there, to be blunt about it. There's a lot of stuff there you don't need, a lot of stuff there. That sounds good, but it barely works. Right. And Samsung, I mean, they had their big launch event. They wanted to pick a few cool new features. So they did the, you know, swipe over the top of it. And it's using a little bit of a sensor to detect where your hand is. And I don't think they've managed to take it from the level of a gimmick to something that would actually dramatically make your life better on a day-to-day basis. But you know what? You wonder when you hear the presentation there, whether it's even an Android phone, because they don't even mention it. Right. Well, Samsung is terrified uh, of Apple, and Samsung is terrified of Google. 
you know, Google bought Motorola, and they haven't really released a single product out of their new Motorola division since they bought them. And I, I expect that we're going to see products coming, that they're just taking their time and doing it right. And But Android as a whole has gotten dramatically better. I mean, uh, I think the design changes in iOS 7 show that there was a real need. The, the market has not completely caught up to Apple, but but has certainly gotten a lot more sophisticated and a lot more evolved. And uh, we're seeing a lot of competition, so that's great. I'd just like to see as much competition around how repairable products are as how uh, flat the I- icons are on the home screen. Well, so if nothing else, if you want to open up and fix your phone, then maybe the Samsung Galaxy S4 is an alternative. By the way, there's supposed to be a pure Google Android version coming out. So what that means is if you don't want all the junk that right. Samsung has piled on that phone, it's a lot of junk. I mean, almost half the storage on the 16-gigabyte version is taken up with the operating system and loads of junk. So think about that. Yeah, I'm with you. I definitely prefer a straight Google version of the S4, and it's great that they're doing it. Uh, I'm, I'm glad Google is is getting them to do that. And I, we need we need alternatives in the marketplace. We need an opportunity for consumers to say, like, look, I want a device that's clean, that's simple to use, and that isn't going to fail on me in 12 or 14 months. I have an iPhone 4S. I haven't needed to upgrade. I've been pretty happy with it. And 11 months in, so uh, uh, 11 months into having the phone, it just stopped turning on. And it turned out that uh, the battery was dead. I'd, I'd burned through my 300 charges, and it was battery was done. And if I I was in a situation, I wasn't anywhere near an Apple store, so I overnighted the part. I was traveling. I overnighted the part for my fix it. It was a you know 30 dollar battery. I was able to throw it in, and then my phone worked again. But uh, of course, it's crazy you did it yourself. That- Okay, Kyle, tell our listeners where they can find more of your Fix-It stuff. You can find us at ifixit.com. We have repair manuals for every Apple product and thousands of parts to repair just about anything you need in a MacBook Pro or in your iPhone. And then also, of course, all the tools you need, whether they're proprietary or non-proprietary bits, we've got a toolkit that's got you covered. Kyle Weens, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for having me. Coming up next on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll hear from Kirk McElhern. He's sometimes known as the iTunes guy at Macworld Magazine. He'll be talking about iTunes radio and more. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. It's hard to imagine when things are going reasonably well, just how quickly things can change. But what would it take? 
economic collapse, massive crop failure, chemical or biological attack. So many situations could find you in the grocery looking to pick up food for your family only to find that the shelves are empty. There's nothing. Don't let that happen. Act today to make sure that if it ever comes to that, you and your family will be provided for. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com to look at the wide variety of survival foods available. Freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy store longer, rehydrate faster, are nutritionally superior to, and taste better than any other long-term storage food available. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com or call toll-free 866 404 FreezeDryGuy.com Got a simple question for you. Can you sell? Yes? Okay. Can you sell the intangible? If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends, if you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships, if you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise, and you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is one of the largest independent talk radio networks in the world and we're hiring right now we offer benefits and an excellent commission structure experience preferred but we'll train the right person is that you submit your resume today to advertise at gcnlive.com again that's advertise at gcnlive.com come work with the genesis communications network an equal opportunity employer how's your ph today are you acidic how alkaline is your blood and body what is the pH of the water you drink? We are AlkaVision, and we have the answers. Drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining vibrant health and high energy because bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline, high-pH environment. If your drinking water isn't at a pH level of 8 or higher, boost it with AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Our unique formula will alkalize your water, ridding your body of harmful toxins and acid, and help regain energy and health. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise the pH of your body to optimal levels. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, spelled A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615, 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So Kirk McElhern pings me today and says, guess what? I've got Internet. Now, having Internet's no big deal, except after moving to the U.K., you had to wait a while. What happened? Well, when I first moved in April, I moved to a furnished apartment that had internet. And about two weeks ago, I moved to a longer-term rental, and there was no internet on. And so it takes 10 working days here to get internet turned on, which by the end of this period was making me think that I'm in a third-world country as far as internet access is concerned. Uh, I was using a 3G modem, which was sketchy, and the bandwidth wasn't bad. It was just the connectivity that wasn't very reliable and you know expensive as data costs when you pay by the gigabyte. 
I was surprised to find how much data I use in my day-to-day work, and I'm not talking about streaming videos or music or anything like that. I'm talking just about, you know, my normal research, viewing web pages, keeping up on the news and things like that. The first couple of days I was using, I think one day I used 300 megabytes, and this was really just with the basics. So then I started getting a little bit more careful about check my mail less often because even if it's not a lot, you know, you check your email um, I had mine set to check every minute. I'm thinking that even if it's 20K once a minute, it'd be better to do that once every 15 minutes or every half hour because it all adds up. So it was a long process. It got turned on today. I've got 15 megabits, which is roughly about twice what I had in France. I had about 8 megabits in France. So I'm certainly pleased about that. I just hope that the reliability is as it was in France, which was pretty much 99.9%. Okay, what kind of rate are you paying for 15 megabits? I want to compare that to the U.S. Here, to get 15, you'd maybe spend 30 to $50, depending on which ISP you use. I think I'm paying 21 pounds, so that's about $30. Now, this is five pounds off because I'm getting internet from the same company I've got my cell phone contract. So I get five pounds off a month. And there's a bonus, which is very well known over here, that if you have either internet or cell phone with this particular company, which is called Everything Everywhere, it used to be Orange, which merged with T-Mobile. And they became up with Pair. (laughs) Yeah, okay, T-Mobile. So on Wednesdays, you get two-for-one movie tickets. If you're talking movies are, I don't know, about 12 bucks a ticket, so eight and a half pounds in the the movie theater I've been to a couple times, um, two-for-one tickets... On Wednesdays, it's a pretty good deal. Even if you go, you know, twice a month, you're going to be saving, what, 17 pounds on, on two tickets. So that's a pretty good deal. In fact, I saw Star Trek Into Darkness last week. But we'll talk about that after the show. Okay. We're not going to get into movies because this weekend, Father's Day is coming up and my wife will take me to see Man of Steel, which is getting, by the way, decidedly mixed reviews. Some people really like it. Some people sort of like it. Some people think it's overdone. Some people say, feh. Anyway, we don't want to define that term. The WWDC, you had to consume lots of bandwidth to watch it. But what was your basic impression? It looked to me like it was so carefully scripted that the timing was very precise. It was an impressive show. Impressive by the way that they all wore the same shirt but in different colors, not tucked into their pants. This seems to be the new uniform. This is button-down shirts not tucked in is the new turtleneck shirt. Everything was well-scripted, well-organized. It was really good pacing. You could tell that they had thought this out not so much as individual modules but as, as an overall show. In fact, I once I got my internet on, I just checked on the Apple TV to see how it was working, and I clicked on that WWDC button and started watching the keynote, and one of the first things Tim Cook said is, this is going to be a great show today. I don't remember in the past them calling it a show, and that's a pretty telling word because it is, as you say, the timing, the scripting, it's a show, it's entertainment, it's not just product announcements. You know, it's not just a guy doing a monkey dance or whatever. Well, we know they did everything as it was rehearsed. Certainly the comment, that offhand comment from Phil Schiller upon displaying the Mac Pro and getting applause, and he says, can't innovate anymore, my ass. Our network yeah, will let us say that, th- I think. There was, there was a lot of snark there. There was a, a lot of snark about skeuomorphism, you know, no virtual cows killed, we ran out of green felt, things like that. Well, they're following um, the pop culture. 
Because everybody's yeah. talking about so they had to respond. Well, I think that if this weren't a developer conference, they wouldn't have said those things because they know that the, the developers in the audience were aware of what this meant. But if you're talking about this on a normal keynote in January, the general public isn't going to know what this means. Yes, this is something where they know the developers are aware of all these issues. So they drop them. And then people who aren't aware, just watching this thing on their Apple TV, on their home TV sets, or on their iPhone, or on their Mac, you know, it just runs past them. They don't pay attention. Yeah, but you could tell that, you know, I think it's one of the most important WWDC keynotes we've seen in a while, because I think we haven't seen the big changes to OS X yet. My thought is, okay, they use this to give us a new name. They use this to show some of the features, tab finder, finally. I mean, seriously. Um, but I have a feeling that the interface for OS X is going to change between now and release to look a lot more like iOS. You know, as there's been a sort of merging in concepts between iOS and, and OS X, um, I can't see them with that much of a difference in the interfaces. You think now, they're going to make more alterations? Well, remember, it's just a developer preview one. They're talking of a fall release, which I presume is probably going to be late September. Wasn't it last, late October last time? But that's, that's it not It was July it. last year. Yes, that's right. Okay. But they can change the interface at any time. That's, you know, they can be working on it and have the interface in-house and just not be presenting it. Um, but I think... That if we real if they're really going to make the changes to iOS, which obviously are done, it's a done deal, and they don't make some of the same changes to OS X, that's going to make the two look a lot different. Um, well, maybe that's the intention. Maybe they feel with no, the Mac, keep a more traditional that. look, because they would have I, made a big deal of it, unless, as you say, it wasn't ready, and maybe there'll be another event of yeah, some I sort. Think that will well, allow them to introduce it. Be another, there's definitely going to be another event to present OS X, obviously. And it'll probably be an event in the fall when they present OS X, they give a ship date and a price, and they present new hardware. Um, my guess is that the price is going to drop even more. What was it, 29 currently? It was 1999. I think it'll just be free. I think it, well, can they do it for 9.99 or sure, whatever? Sure, but it, it hardly seems worth it. When you go down to nine ninety nine, heck, make it free. It sounds like you're just nickel and diming. Yeah, I think I think they could because they don't really need the money from it. It's not a big deal for them. Um, but I I can't see. You know, what, when when we saw the new um, music app in iOS six, right? When they changed um, the music app a while ago and they made it look a little bit more. When the new iTunes came out and they started, um, the the music app looks a lot more like the new. Um, iTunes Store and all that, they've made radical changes in the music app as well as everything else, and I can't see them not carrying them over to Mac OS X. Now, there are certainly some issues. You don't want to have exactly the same type of display on a mobile device, obviously, because it's used differently. And in fact, my main criticism that I would have of iOS is it looks to me like they haven't taken it out, outdoors yet. Um, the really slim fonts sometimes not very black um the way if you look at the messages and i'm just talking about the screenshots i don't have a beta yet um if you look at messages you have like a white on a blue background that's not very readable the weather app has white text on a 
bluish background. Of course, the background on the weather app is going to change according to the time of day and the weather. But these aren't things that when you're out in the sun or in the daylight are going to be very easy to see on an iPhone. So it looks like they've been doing this in a basement, and they haven't been outside with testing it on phones very much. They have to get out more. Before we get out too long and too much more, yes, we have an action-packed episode of the Tech Night Owl Live this week. A little bit later, we'll be hearing from Brian Chaffin. He is, what shall we call him, the chief cook and bottle washer over at the Mac Observer. And we have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. To thank you for being a loyal listener, we have a limited time freebie offer for you. Claim your free heirloom tomato seeds, just pay shipping, right now at 123freeseeds.com. These aren't ordinary seeds. These are heirloom, non-genetically modified super seeds that are open pollinated and can be grown, harvested, and replanted endlessly. These survival seeds are actually more valuable than gold in a crisis. Go to 123freeseeds.com and you can get an airtight storage packet of 150 super seeds free while supplies last to say thank you for being a loyal listener. First come, first served. Just cover shipping. Go to 123freeseeds.com now to see if your free heirloom seeds are still available. That's 123freeseeds.com. Come to Burnsville, Minnesota to attend the Healthy Body 13 Conference. Two days only. Friday, June 21st at 6 p.m. for the Opportunity Meeting. And Saturday, June 22nd at 9 a.m. for training by Tom Chenault. Learn about Dr. Joel Wallach, the man who took on the FDA eight times and won on all counts. For details, call 651-695-7750. That's 651-695-7750. Or visit HealthyBody13.com. HealthyBody13.com. Income at home with nutrition done right. Don't miss it. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. 
Heart and Body Extract continues to receive positive testimonials from people who have experienced amazing results, like Reed. I just wanted to send you a quick but a very big thank you for Heart and Body Extract. I've been on the formula for nearly a month now, and the improvement in the circulation of my legs has been simply amazing. Reed was facing a tough choice. I was facing surgery due to the severity of the 100% blocked arteries in both my legs. And my decision, waiting for surgery to say no and try heart and body extract instead, has been thankfully the right decision. And the result? I can now walk up steps without noticeable pain. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305, 866-295-5305, or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Isle live. I've just been informed by our guest, Kirk McElhern. I did a terrible segue, but it's my show, and it's my show, and I'll do the terrible segues if I want to. Seriously speaking, okay, so maybe... There will be more refinements even to iOS 7. It's a preliminary version. They could possibly make a few adjustments in areas where when they finally get outside, they'll say, you know, it doesn't look very visible. But then take a Samsung Galaxy S4, the flagship phone from Samsung. You turn the brightness up all the way, you go outside, it becomes almost invisible. Yeah. It's not very good. Okay, let's look at features. Now, one of the things people were talking about before the introduction of iOS 7 was the fact that Apple is going to get into the streaming radio business with something called iRadio, but there isn't an iRadio, there's just an iTunes radio, which some people say is the Pandora killer. Explain more. Well, first let's talk about why isn't it called iRadio. I'm pretty sure there is something called iRadio and that there's a trade trademark issue about it iradio.ie if that's ireland if i look up very quickly on the internet itunes radio for me makes a lot more sense because it is based on itunes it's actually it's based on itunes match what i find interesting is that so the basic format is that you can listen to these stations and it's not clear i don't have a beta yet it's not clear how these stations work and how they're configured they say that there are more than 200 genre-focused stations, and the stations evolve based on the music you play and download. So it's got something to do with genius, okay? And it's going to keep track of what you listen to, maybe what you skip. So this is ad-supported, and what's interesting is that if you pay the 25 bucks a year for iTunes Match, there are no ads. I understand if you buy the premium version or professional version of Pandora, it costs more than that. Yeah, I see. I don't. They don't have Pandora on this side of the pond yet. They've got a couple of things like that, but they've got Deezer and a couple of others. I'm not sure. Um, and Spotify, obviously, which isn't a radio. Um, it's a you know, pick your thing. Whereas here, what, what I find interesting. See, I don't really care for a lot of these streaming services, um, but what I find interesting is the idea to just pick a radio station and air quotes there, um, just to listen to some music that's different rather than look in a chart and click on a single, an album, whatever. Um, 
if it really does work with what's in your iTunes library, um, like a kind of a genius thing, then this could be really interesting. I find it, I think it's a pretty exciting idea. Now, obviously, one of the big problems is you're not going to use this on a mobile device unless you have unlimited bandwidth, and there aren't a lot of telephone companies give you unlimited bandwidth. Um, There is actually one here, and I really should have taken a cell phone contract with them instead of the company I'm with. Um, But you just can't afford to be streaming a lot of radio. So you'll be doing it on Wi-Fi when you're at work or whatever. You'll be doing it on your, your home computer. I'm looking forward to trying this out because if it really does take into account your music, then you might get something that's a lot closer to what you might be interested in listening to. And I'm also particularly interested to see if they have classical music on it and multiple genres of classical music and entire works being played, say, an entire symphony rather than single movements. That would be interesting to see how they do that and also how they adapt to the user. Something like this is going to be buggy at the beginning because it looks like they're giving iCloud more work to do than ever with cloud-based services. You know, with all the flaws we hear about iCloud now, and maybe there'll be things fixed in the developer APIs and such. But now we're going to have this iCloud-based password storage, a keychain for the iCloud to store your passwords. Now, that's just another thing that could break. Okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not as worried about that because, you know, I, I the, the keychain used to sync with, what, what was it before, Dot .Mac? I can't even remember. Mobile Me? The, your keychain would sync with Mobile Me, and when they went to iCloud, they stopped it. And I never had problems with keychain syncing. And frankly, keychain syncing, I think, is awesome. I use 1Password, but when I need a, a, a password for a website, I've got to either go into the 1Password browser or I've got to open 1Password and get the password and then go back to Safari. Um, if I understand correctly, the iCloud keychain is going to work with Safari on a mobile device, so it's going to be a lot smoother. Now, I feel very bad for the 1Password people who make excellent software and have done so for years, um, but I can't see needing 1Password if this actually works the way we would expect. Well, they claim they have many more features. This is one of the excuses. When Apple steps on the toes of a third-party developer, the perception is that Apple basically develops a simple version with the basic features intact, but if you want sophistication, granular adjustments and everything, you buy the commercial version. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Well, in this case, the feature that 1Password can't provide is access through Safari. Now, there have been some, there's been some talk about Apple opening up APIs uh, on iOS, and apparently um, third parties will be able to add keyboards, I've heard. And I don't think Apple actually announced this, but I've heard this someplace. Um, if Apple opens the API for that and 1Password can do it, then it's a question of how much better is 1Password. But I think the fact that the iCloud keychain is going to work with Safari, that's pretty much a 1Password killer in my opinion. Yes, but what if you use Chrome? What if you use Firefox? Well, 1Password can't interface with Chrome or Firefox um, on iOS, that is. I'm talking about iOS here. Okay, I'm thinking um, you, in terms of the Mac. Okay, if you use it on the Mac, yeah, okay. Um, will the iCloud thing, uh, keychain thing, work with other 
browsers? Um, probably not. So that's a good point. So they still have a market for people who don't use Safari. Um, but in terms of iOS, I think that it's just, frankly, I, I do use Safari on the Mac. Um, I do use Safari on iOS, and having that for me would be just wonderful. Now, will it have all the other – see, the other features I use in 1Password are um, the secure notes or whatever they're called because I keep things like um, bank account information. So if I ever need to access that, I use their serial number thing, but I could use any of a dozen apps to store serial numbers. Um, that doesn't have to be secure in the same way. Um, for me, it's passwords is the most important thing, but secure notes is the second most important thing. So since Apple's keychain does have secure notes, I'm going to assume that these secure notes will sync across iCloud the same way they did across MobileMe. But think of it this way. Regardless of what you do, the NSA will be watching you. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And now I'm talking to somebody over the pond here, you know. I'm talking to somebody, I'm in the U.S., he's in the U.K. Aha! Yep. Well, they're a bit upset about that over here. Americans seem a little bit less upset. I don't know if we want to get into politics on the show, but um, I'm not entirely surprised. Well, I think here, when they pass the Patriot Act, they sold people a bill of goods saying we need this enhanced security. And the argument is that they have prevented serious terror attacks as a result of having yeah, these I understand in place. That. And, I, and I saw an interesting tweet today or yesterday. I don't. It was someone retweeted, so the person who tweeted, I don't know who it was. Um, they said, you know you're telling us we need to accept all this to prevent terrorist attacks, but on the other hand, you're telling us we shouldn't do anything to prevent these gun massacres. And I think that's a very valid comparison. Um, the fact that the same people are saying we need this intrusive, quote-unquote, security to prevent the occasional terrorist attack, and admittedly there haven't been many, whereas there's absolutely nothing that these people want to do to prevent people from getting access to guns. But we shouldn't really talk about politics I don't well, think. Because I think any time you get into things like technology and what the government might know, what the government might be doing, and of course the Department of Justice is suing Apple over e-books. Yeah. And I'll just mention briefly, we're not going to get, to get into it in the show. Maybe we will when we get Brian Chaffin and a special guest coming up shortly. We'll talk about it further. But they give a draft letter, the Department of Justice, of Steve Jobs that may be incriminating and then Apple comes back and says, that's just a draft. It means nothing. Here is the real letter which exonerates him. So you wonder so much surveillance. In that case, it's just a matter of using a subpoena to get the email records. Nothing strange about that for a court case. But here you see where having too much information is not good. Kirk McElhern, where do we find more of your stuff? Um, you can check my website, McElhern.com. And you can find me on Macworld, uh, where I write a lot of stuff, including the Ask the iTunes Guy column every other Friday. Kirk McElhern, welcome back to the Internet. <laughs> Thanks for Thanks, joining Jane. us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks. Talk to you soon. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network.
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pillow. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. Or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Welcome back to Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. On the Tech Night Out Live, we have a special guest, unannounced guest who's going to join us and give you his unvarnished views of the Worldwide Developers Conference that started this past week, and especially about the keynote. Sir, would you introduce yourself? I'm Steve Ballmer, CEO of Microsoft. You might have heard of us. We're a little company up in Washington. You had a chance, Mr. Ballmer, to watch the WWDC. Were you there or did you watch the video stream? Well, you know, I watched part of the video stream. You know, I, I wasn't there. I was, I was pretty busy that day. Okay, so having watched it, having watched it, what do you think? Well, you know, I don't know that anyone down there in Cupertino would admit it, but Apple's in a pickle. They're sandwiched between two tough competitors, Google and Microsoft, and that's not an enviable position to be in. You know, on the one hand, Apple has been a good partner. They're working with us on Bing. They're working with us on Siri. So I guess they picked the right horse. <laughs> but seriously, I'm not sure about that whole Siri thing in the first place. I, I think they would have been better off going with the Microsoft technology. You really think so? What technology? Oh, you know, I don't know. Some, something that would have been better for the voice recognition. Oh, I don't know. Something that Microsoft has been working on for a while now. I can't really talk too much about it. But, you know, I'm sure that the folks at Apple will be okay with their thing. I'm sure that Siri thing will be okay for them. That's fine for them. Okay. Isn't it great, though, that Apple chooses Bing instead of Google to work with Siri? 
Oh, sure. Yeah, of course. But Bing is the better is the better search engine. You know, I mean, we, we have, uh, what, 17% of the search market now. Before that, we didn't have very much of the search market, but now we're gaining market share left and right. You know, I, I think that the, the people have looked at Bing and they've looked at what Google has to offer and they can tell which one is better. All right. I'll go for that. Let me ask you one more question. All these problems people are having with Windows 8. What went wrong with Windows 8? Why aren't people buying it? Well, you know, people are buying it. You know, at the end of the day, we have what? You know, we have almost all of the Windows Phone device market. Nearly all Windows Phone smartphones today are running a Microsoft operating system, but we're pretty proud of that. You know, if you look at the tablet market, Microsoft is very strong in tablets running Windows with optional attached keyboards that are being given away. There's no other company that can say that. Right, but wouldn't you want to gain more market share in the handset market? You've got like 3 4%? Nobody's oh, sure. buying a Windows phone. Sure, but we have all the Windows phone devices out there. They're all running Windows phone. I mean, you know. What that, else could they run? Well, that's that's beside the point. That's where we are. That's where we're positioned. And and I think at the end of the day, that's a pretty good result. You know, we're coming from behind. Sure, Apple's a fierce competitor. Google's a fierce competitor. But, you know, I think that uh, we're gaining momentum in that market. I understand that your copy machine is broken. You have to go fix it. So would you please do that? Because with all the new stuff that Apple came out with this week, you've got to keep that copying machine working overtime. (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. (laughs) Okay, obviously that is not Steve Ballmer. No, no. Whose idea was this? I have no idea. I think it's John Martellaro's idea from the Mac Observer. And he said that Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer does a killer Steve Ballmer imitation. And ladies and gentlemen, on the Tech Night Out Live this week, you may hear someone actually be killed because (laughs) of their attempt to do an imitation. Yeah, we've proven John Martellaro to be a liar, I think. Actually, I think he got kind of the rhythm. Yeah, you know, Steve Ballmer is interesting. Steve and Bill Gates actually sound a little bit alike. It's just a little bit. You know, Bill Gates is a lot more Kermit the Frog and like and Steve Ballmer is sort of, uh, you know, like his jock brother. Uh, but he does, he has a really interesting and fascinating cadence to his voice. He's got, um, he, he's got an interesting little, I, I, I'm honestly fascinated by the way he talks. That's why I, I tried to do an impression of him. And I, I think I, I pulled it out one day during a, during a staff meeting and, and John Martellaro just thought it was funny. And I guess, I guess he's easily amused. So what happened? You don't want to admit the secret that, you had a revolution over at the headquarters of the Mac Observer where if you do that imitation again, they all threaten to quit. <laughs> no, they, for some reason, they keep encouraging me to do it. Well, okay. That's the funny thing. Low attention span theater. That must be it. That's it. But seriously speaking, if we look at the WWDC. Sure. And I was Google. And I see, and they know already that Apple's going to use Bing with Siri. So Google is seeing their income stream from Apple declining rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and I want to know what was behind the decision. Was it, is this politics, i.e. competitive issues? Or is this um, an issue where Microsoft has, has offered Apple 
better hooks into their search engine than than Google was willing willing to give them. Um, you know, because there, there's, there, you know, there's so many different competitive issues going every which way. And at the end of the day, Google is the better search engine, at least to me. And, uh, so, you know, I find it kind of, kind of curious that Apple would, would do this with Siri. But the fact that they left Google as the default search engine on Safari kind of gives credence to me to the idea that, that this is an issue of Microsoft was willing to, to, to give Apple better access. Well, I think part of it also is the fact that Apple is looking at anything that could hurt Google. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know if there's so much trying to hurt Google as simply trying to not rely on Google and, and unnecessarily assist the company that they think is, you know, treading on the, their IP. And, and of course, there's kind of, kind of a difference there. And of course you now have chatter in the media looking at the features of iOS seven and saying, what among these features treads on Android? Well, n- you know, n- not much. Um, the control center is reminiscent of what, Google was doing with the control, the, the, the control center in, in Android, but that was copied from the iOS jailbreak community. So, you know, it, that started uh, with iPhones, but on jailbroken iPhones outside of Apple's control. So, you know, that's, I, I, don't, I, I don't think that anything that Apple inter- introduced is treading on any Google patent, that's for sure. We there know that. Cl- there are clearly some, some ideas um, that Apple is borrowing from from Android absolutely and positively, um, and that is fine as long as they're not infringing on any IP. Clearly, the notification center continues to improve a lot. Google has been way out in front of Apple with its notification center, probably still is even with iOS seven. But Apple is closing that gap. It's not closed yet, but they're closing it. And that's a good thing. As a matter of fact, I saw some uh, of the stuff in, notific- in Notification Center that is becoming more Google Now-like. And I, as I've mentioned before, I think that Google Now is, is a killer app for Android. Well, one of the things you have to say about it, too, is with Notification Center, one of the problems I have with the Android version is it's very easy to just try to look at something real quickly and accidentally turn off your Wi-Fi, and accidentally turn off your Bluetooth. Hmm. Too easy to do that. And I think that's bad. That is bad. That's not good at all. And I see that as something that hurts. Do you mean Control Center or Notification Center? I'm talking about the Notification Center in Android. Okay. All right. I think that hurts it. I think that hurts it. I, I think that makes it more difficult to go ahead and make those changes convenient. Because as long as you have the possibility of a mistake, then all you're doing is inconveniencing the customer. Whereas Apple, you know, you got to swipe up and then you have the controls. And it's separate from notifications, so it's harder to do it and make a mistake. Now, I don't think it's a mistake if we occasionally do something wacky, like have someone do their impressions of somebody. But we're not making a mistake, by the way, when we have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. Introducing a 30-day emergency food supply for only $99. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can purchase Oregon Trail Foods' one-month supply of high-quality, nutritious, and healthy emergency meals for less than $100. These vegetarian meals are all-natural, non-GMO, high in carbs and protein, and are packed with oxygen absorbers in Mylar pouches. They take up to 70% less space than number 10 cans, have a 20-year shelf life, and huge portions, over twice the serving size of some competitors' meals. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying direct from producers in Oregon and then pass the savings on to you. Purchase a 30-day, 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 this month and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Call 541-673-6666 or visit 30dayfoodsupply.com where they make preparedness affordable. 30dayfoodsupply.com. Got it? Get it. Go to 30dayfoodsupply.com. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of world customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 
30-day warranty and satisfaction guarantee. So are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle? Then call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Or visit LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. They tell me the show is going to the dogs ever since Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer <laughs> did that imitation of Steve Ballmer. And now the, that's Steve right now calling me. So I don't think the dogs are barking at that. They stopped by the way. No, there they go. Go again. I don't think they're giving their criticisms because I think he does a pretty passable imitation. Before he did that, I got to listen to the real Steve Ballmer talking. And he has that kind of over-eager... I'm on speed kind of reaction to questions. It's true. He is very exuberant. And, and that's one of the interesting, another interesting thing I should say about Steve. He so clearly loves Microsoft. He loves that company. And this may be hyperbole and I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I think that he loves Microsoft enough that he would give his life for Microsoft, but I don't think he loves it enough that he would quit for Microsoft. And that's what he really needs to do. He is, terrible CEO for that company. He's a marketing guy. This kind of comes down to that thing that Steve Jobs always talked about. You need a product guy in charge of a product company. And when you have uh, product companies and you start putting the marketing guys or you start putting the accounting guys in charge, that things go wonky. And that's, that's the case with Microsoft. And, and, you know, I'm sure Steve Ballmer is a, is a heck of a guy. He's, I'm sure he is as nice as can be. But he doesn't have any product vision and Microsoft needs to get rid of him. And I don't understand how Bill Gates lets him stay in charge. Well, we also have to look at what happened with Apple here. With Tim Cook, you don't have a product guy. You have an operations guy. But he has true. product guys that he works with very closely. That's true, too. And, you know, Steve never complained about having operations guys in charge of a company. It was always accountants or it was usually marketing. But I, I'm pretty sure he mentioned accountants at one time, too. So I, you know, I wrote a piece on Friday, actually, about uh, Tim Cook and... Johnny Ive and I my I was opining that iOS 7 was the first step uh in Tim Cook training Johnny Ive to eventually be CEO. Now, I also said that if Johnny Ive didn't take the stage at the WWDC keynote that I was wrong. He didn't take the stage, so I was probably wrong, but the other part of my thesis was that that Tim Cook was while he may not be a product guy, he was absolutely the only person who could shepherd Apple into the post Steve Jobs era and pick the guy that's going to eventually replace him. You know, he is a fantastic CEO for where Apple is and and in getting Apple past Steve Jobs. Like you, I don't think you could go from a Steve Jobs to another kind of Steve Steve Jobs. It would just be too disruptive. 
you know, Tim Cook has the ability to to maintain Apple's culture, to uh, solidify Apple's culture, and to again eventually pick the right guy to take or the right woman to take over uh, when he's ready to step down. But that might not be for ten years. It might not be for ten years. Sure. Well, is it possible though that the name of the next CEO of Apple is Craig? Um, it could be. It 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 could be. I I would pick. I, in in some ways, I would pick Craig over Johnny. See, like Johnny Ives' big strength is that he is clearly a product guy. He's got that vision. He I mean he has he has that vision like no other person other than Steve Jobs uh, has had that, that we've seen out in the world. Um, but he's also never shown any that we've seen here on the outside. We've never seen that you know sort of alpha mentality that that would make him necessarily a good leader. For a comp for a company as big as Apple, Craig Federighi is clearly a product guy as well, and he's he's probably a little more polished. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that. It could be. He certainly does very good in terms of delivering public presentations, but obviously he's also been working heavily on iOS and OS ten Maverick. So if they do well, and we can't look at the initial chatter because it's all over the place. If they do well, certainly that enhances his position and his reputation. Also, sure. supposedly he gets along better with people than certain predecessors. Right. Yeah. Scott Forstel was ousted. You know, Scott Forstel is a product guy. He's got that sort of my way or the highway thing that Steve Jobs was famous for. But he also doesn't seem to have the finesse of Steve. And he, and he doesn't, while, while he had the ability to take credit for other people's work like steve he didn't seem to make them like it in the process <laughs> you know you know he seemed to make enemies steve jobs seldom made enemies for people that continued to work for him scott forstel seemed to make enemies uh, amongst the people working around him plus i look at where ios went under his stewardship and uh, i became less impressed as time went on and I look at some of the iosification of OS X, and I rightly or wrongly blame Scott, For Scott Forstel for some of that. And, uh, and to wit, when we saw Mavericks, there was a lot less iosification. In, in, in particular, the one piece of iosification, which was uh, finder tags, uh, a way of um, abstracting the file system from the user, while that is a form of iosification, it's something that actually enhances usability rather than limits usability. Finder that, tabs, of course, is something you find third-party finder replacements. That's true. That's true. And one of the things that was emphasized during the presentation at WWDC is how much easier it is to use Mavericks with multiple screens, mm -hmm. to use the Finder, to clean up desktop clutter, at least in terms of Finder windows. Yeah, I was really excited about Mavericks. I was really excited. We saw a lot of things that are going to make that operating system that are that's going to make our Macs more productive, easier to use, uh, more convenient, more useful to us. And, and that to me is a really exciting thing, especially when you look at uh, what sandboxing has done uh, and, you know, things like the, the launch pad and, you know, I mean, those things didn't enhance usability. They concentrated this time on stuff. That actually makes the operating system more usable, more flexible. Yeah. So that seems like a good thing. We'll have to look at the potential. I was especially interested in the back-end changes 
such as compressed RAM and doing all sorts of things to improve physical performance, to make mm-hmm. batteries last longer, to make everything work faster. Yeah, absolutely. It's this just seen, it was this was such a substance filled WWDC keynote. All the changes with iOS seven, all the changes with OS ten. Of course, we had the the, the Mac Pro, the uh, new improved battery life, and in uh, the MacBook Airs. I mean, these these are all these are just exciting things. There's nothing, uh, as I think Brian Marshall put it, the analyst uh, uh, Brian Marshall. There was nothing that was going to materially move the needle that was announced, but all the pieces were put in place for future products to move the needle. And, and that's exciting, too. Well, in terms of Mavericks, I suspect, based on what we hear, it's a very preliminary version, this developer beta that was shown at the WWDC, and there might be a number of features that will be fleshed out, finalized, before we get to the final release, and I'm guessing September, October. But we'll have to see. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Folks, you'll want to hear this. No matter what size your business, people don't take you seriously unless you have a professional-looking website. You can empower your business with a stunning online presence, and it's free. Join over 30 million people who have built their websites with Wix. Once again, it's completely free. It requires absolutely no design or coding skills. Want to know more? Check out Wix.com. That's W-I-X. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Radio. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 888 3653. That's 1 888 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. 
Wouldn't it be nice to have one product that replaces more than 10, saving you space, time, and money? HempUSA.org has a complete full-spectrum vitamin mineral detox formulation called MicroPlant Powder Gold. MicroPlant Powder Gold contains 101 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and iodine, has a 100-year shelf life, and is a perfect addition to any storage shelter. Make MicroPlant Powder Gold your choice. Call 888-910-4367 or visit HempUSA.org today. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a silver dollar in a book explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. UtopiaSilver.com believes, as the Declaration of Independence states, that our rights come from God, not from government. The only lawful purpose of any government is to protect and secure the rights of the people, and no man or government has the authority to take what has been given to us by God. Among these rights are life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness. And America's government has ceased to be the protector of liberty and of the people's God-given rights. But we the people can return America to greatness if we are willing to stand up and reassert our stolen rights. We ask that you join Utopia Silver in changing America's course in history. To save on health care and improve your health, call Utopia Silver at 888-213-4338. For a limited time, new customers will receive 50% off all colloidal silver and colloidal gold supplements. Visit us today at utopiasilver.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com. Or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer is sometimes known as the fake Steve Ballmer. Hey, that's a good idea for you. Why don't you put up a column? The fake Steve Ballmer. (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't want to get sued by Dan Lyons. Forget about Dan Lyons. He's history. I don't think anyone pays attention to Dan Lyons. We had him on the show once. He seemed like a nice guy, but I guess he really lost the ability to write real commentaries. He does not such a good job. Okay, so we were talking about OS X Mavericks, and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to comment about the fact that Apple has given up on the cats, and now it's all about place names. And if you're into surfing, I guess you understand what Mavericks is. I do not understand surfing. So I had this whole uh, another line that we didn't get to uh, as as fake Steve Ballmer, where uh, he's asking uh, which one is it, Brett or Bart? Pick one. Oh, forget it. Come on, the Brett, the Maverick, the show, James Garner, Brett Maverick, Bart Maverick, James Garner, and also of course Mel Gibson played Maverick. Uh, That's true. That's the other Maverick, right? But that was one where Garner played his father. Yes. Daddy Pappy. Maverick. Pappy. Pappy. Pappy yeah. Maverick. Sorry, yeah, I, Maverick. I'm a huge fan of the original TV show. You were? Yeah, huge fan. How did you accept Garner as Rockford in the Rockford Files? I love the Rockford Files. I, lo- I still love the Rockford Files. Absolutely. I own season one and two on DVD. True story. I understand there's a pill for that. 
Uh, there should, well, there probably should be. There probably should be. It's it's funny. It's one of the, it's one of the few cop shows from the seventies that still holds up to a, to a modern viewing. That's very interesting here. You know about watching old stuff, especially when it's very tied into a culture. Mm-hmm. Watching nineteen seventies and eighties shows now. Yeah, it's hard. And to, they really look awful. Most of them. Very most of, yeah, few it's hard, hold up. Very hard to watch. Policewoman. It's very uh, Kojak is is painful. Murder, and, she wrote, which I guess lasted to the nineties. I can't watch it. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, the Rockford Files, especially the early seasons, when when he was more of um, a tough guy than you know than the the sort of uh, more comedic figure that he became as the series progressed. And if you yeah, go back anyway. to the seventies, I know that we have the new movie that's premiering this week, Man of Steel, a grimmer grittier version of superman but a lot of the reviewers are looking at superman the 1978 version with christopher reeve as the best one of all and anything they do now suffers in comparison but i thought that movie had tons of flaws continuity flaws i thought there was too much overacting over the top stuff too much comic book about it as a child i was tense about the notion that you could reverse time by spinning the rotation of the planet that that is scientifically offensive. I thought that was a cheap way out. It was a very, it was an extraordinarily cheap way out. And as a child, as a very young child, a very, what, 78? So what it was, I was 12, right? 78 when that came out. So I would have been 12 years old. Um, I was offended by that. What bothered me is the continuity. Like, everyone calls his planet Krypton, which is what it's supposed to be. But Marlon Brando, who was reading off cue cards when he does his role, right. said Krypton. But no one said, Marlon, it's Krypton. Please pronounce it correctly. You're Jarrell. You can't pronounce the name of your planet. And then another continuity error where Lex Luthor knows that the planet Krypton blew up in 1947, but Jarrell is telling Kal-El, Superman, that he died or the planet was destroyed thousands of years ago. I didn't even catch that. And the other crazy thing is where he goes on this 10-year journey to find himself, where he's being trained. And what did he do for 10 years? Except we know that at the end of the 10 years, he's now Superman, he magically has the cape, and then he exits the Fortress of Solitude by flying. At least in Man of Steel, the guy is trying to find himself. Hmm. You know, he goes on this 12, 13-year journey to find himself, which is where it picks up. This is a spoiler alert, by the way. It's where it picks up after the Krypton scenes. Not the Krypton scenes, but the Krypton scenes. <laughs> I also thought that having people like Ned Beatty, who is an Oscar-nominated actor, playing the dumb assistant for Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor, I thought that was insulting. Yeah, It's insulting uh, to the that. actor, it's insulting that. to the part. And I think Lex Luthor can be portrayed in a far more subtle fashion. He wasn't as comic book-like when Kevin Spacey did the role. Uh, right, but and I love Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman is a is is an actor's actor, and but I have a total man crush on Kevin Spacey, and I pretty much love anything that he's done uh, in any movie. So you know it's, that that does definitely make a, a tough comparison. But not only that, but you know, don't forget that the '70s sucked. That phrase exists for a reason. I also They're thought all- Christopher Reeve, as good an actor as he was, he was too straight and too over the top serious as Superman. As Clark Kent, he was a goofball. And if you look at the history, the canon of Superman, yes, he was mild-mannered, but he wasn't a complete goofball. 
Sure, but also keep in mind that in the 70s, comic books were not considered real literature. They weren't taken seriously by anyone, let alone Hollywood, let alone but, but not in popular culture. Comic books were the realm of kids. So in, in many regards, you can look at that original Superman movie and wonder that it wasn't much worse. I think it was pretty good. I think if Richard Donner, the director, had concentrated more on continuity and toned the excesses down, it would have been a better movie. And we'll go into the time travel shtick. You know, I'll avoid that. Star Trek has a better way of handling that. Anyway, yeah. back yeah. to the Mac. Yes, OS the Mac, Mavericks. right. Right. About this. So the thing I was hinting at before we did this tangential jump into other realities, and that is, do you feel that what we saw of OS X Mavericks was very preliminary and there's going to be a lot more changes or what? Well, there's a limit to what they can do in three months. They did say it was going to ship this year, later this year. So we can figure early November at the latest, uh, late October probably. So there's still a limit to how much they can do in between now and then. But, yeah, I'm sure that there are some things that are going to change. Plus, they only showed us the things that they were ready to show us. There, there were plenty of other features that were on some of those keynote slides that they didn't even touch. Um, you know, the same is true with, with iOS 7. Not only are some things going to change in between now and then, there were features that we didn't see. And, of course, there will be features that are tied to the new hardware that we won't see until the new hardware is introduced. Now, with Mavericks, one complaint is that the interface doesn't look that much different. They didn't use a flatter interface for OS X. They kept it pretty much the way it was. Now, maybe that's their intent, and maybe that's how it's going to be, that Apple wants OS X to look like OS X, but iOS 7 is moving in somewhat of a different direction. Well, I believe that's probably more of a resource issue. Uh, you know, this, this change that's, that's happened with iOS 7, which is which is fundamental and profound, that has been accomplished in roughly eight months, which is stunning. You know, this wasn't something that started a year before iOS 7, but what didn't start a year before um, uh, Johnny Ive took over from Scott Forstall. Johnny Ive, I'm sure, was thinking about the problem of what he would do with iOS 7 if if he could solve it, but that's a far cry from actually starting to work on it. And we have heard rumors that there were development resources pulled from the OS X side um, to make all this stuff happen with iOS 7. Uh, my point is that um, uh, changes, you know, some of these interface changes may come later, perhaps with the next version of uh, OS X, as Apple you know, adjusts its resources to do all this stuff. And there might be some artwork changes and stuff that just wasn't ready, as we said. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens yeah. and what the 200 new features will be. A lot of back-end stuff, but we have to see. We're certainly seeing now listing of more features that weren't really disclosed for iOS 7. And there's one I'd like to see for the iPad, a multiple Windows feature. And because you didn't see it now doesn't mean it's not going to be there. I don't think, uh, I don't think we're going to see that one. I don't think we're going to see uh, like two apps running at the same time on iOS seven. Not not in iOS seven. Maybe seven five, maybe eight, but not not seven. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. It's hard to imagine when things are going reasonably well, just how quickly things can change. But what would it take? Economic collapse? Massive crop failure? Chemical or biological attack? So many situations could find you in the grocery looking to pick up food for your family only to find that the shelves are empty. There's nothing. Don't let that happen. Act today to make sure that if it ever comes to that, you and your family will be provided for. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com to look at the wide variety of survival foods available. Freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy store longer, rehydrate faster, are nutritionally superior to, and taste better than any other long-term storage food available. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com or call toll-free 866-404-3663. 663 So, a natural disaster strikes, and out goes your power. You risk losing stored food in electric freezers and refrigerators. Your options, lose all that expensive food and medication, fire up a noisy gasoline-powered generator, or switch now to a propane or natural gas-powered refrigerator from Ben's Discount Supply. Ben'sDiscountSupply.com has a complete line of propane-powered refrigerators. Freezers in sizes ranging from a small camper cooler size up to a whopping 21-cubic-foot refrigerator freezer or a 22-cubic-foot deep freezer. In stock and ready to ship anywhere. Ben'sDiscountSupply.com also stocks a full line of solar-powered appliances to get you completely off the grid. Check out Ben'sDiscountSupply.com or call 800-771-7702. That's 800-771-7702. Or click Ben'sDiscountSupply.com for camping, home, or bug-out location. Bank on Ben'sDiscountSupply.com. To thank you for being a loyal listener, we have a limited-time freebie offer for you. Claim your free heirloom tomato seeds, just pay shipping, right now at 123freeseeds.com. These aren't ordinary seeds. These are heirloom, non-genetically modified super seeds that are open-pollinated and can be grown, harvested, and replanted endlessly. These survival seeds are actually more valuable than gold in a crisis. Go to 123freeseeds.com and you can get an airtight storage packet of 150 super seeds free while supplies last to say thank you for being a loyal listener. First come, first served. Just cover shipping. 
Go to 123freeseeds.com now to see if your free heirloom seeds are still available. That's 123freeseeds.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So it's been these last three segments kind of an adventure. We started out meeting the fake Steve Bomber, who sounded like he was bombed on something. I wish I knew what it was. I'll have a glass. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer showing us his great talent. We haven't figured out what that talent is, but I understand no. listeners will be telling me. Of course, people haven't figured out what my talent is. They're saying, what is he doing on the radio? We talked about the movies. We talked about OS ten Mavericks and also about iOS 7. Isn't it interesting that iOS never gets a public code name? Um, that is true. Yeah, that, I guess that, that, that is interesting. It, on the flip side, you could say that it's interesting that Apple actually shipped OS 10 under its code names. We didn't know that was going to happen at first. I don't think Apple knew that that was going to happen at first when the original beta was released as what, Cheetah? You know, that was kind of like uh, everyone knew it was called Cheetah because Apple openly referenced it as such with developers during the during the beta program. But uh, when they actually shipped it with that name, it was like, huh, this is new and interesting. As a matter of fact, do you remember people were kvetching about it? They were like, you know, oh, my God, this is you, know, you can't name an operating system Cheetah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> And and we're seeing some of that same stuff with Mavericks now. Oh my God, this is terrible. This is this is ridiculous. And no, it's not. It's just different. It's it's something that I mean, you know, it will be just as accepted as iPod became accepted. It will be just as accepted as iPad became accepted, uh, and it will be just as accepted as the original cat names became to be. Right, and it's better they didn't have dogs. <laughs> That's true. Although OS ten Bichon. Um. Okay. You don't mind that. I don't love it. Let's look quickly at the hardware before we let you go. All right. All right. So we have the new Mac Pro. Uh Uh-huh. And I have an article from Cube to Tube. Okay. All right. And we have some similarities with the Cube and the Tube, the Mac Pro, which is there's not much you can do to upgrade it. Everything that you expand it with is external. How are developers taking that? How are content creators taking that? Well, you know, I, I jokingly refer to it as the anti-TARDIS, uh, referring to, the, of course, the Doctor Who uh, TARDIS. And we're not going to speculate on who the 12th Doctor is going to be, by the way. Okay, that's, uh, that's probably a safe bet. It will not um, be Helen Mirren. It, <laughs> I thought we weren't going to speculate. Here you are ruling people out willy-nilly. It's my show. I can do what I want. That's true. You can. The Mac Pro is the anti-TARDIS in that it's bigger on the outside than it is on the inside, by which I mean um, the expandability on the outside is far more – there there are far more expandability options that you can do with this thing through the Thunderbolt 2 ports than you could ever have stuck inside a tower. And and that's – a good thing. It is a good thing that this thing is cooled by one fan and is going to be quiet. That delights me to no end. 
you know, um, the vast majority of even Apple's Mac Pro customers don't use many, if any, of the internal expansion options that are available to them. They get it for the horsepower. Usually it's going to be on the storage side. You know, you're going to put more hard drives in. Maybe you're going to put a different CD burner. But very few of us use the PCI cards. There are people that do, especially at the workstation level, especially the people that are doing very uh, high-end and specific video work, people that are doing some scientific stuff. There are people who need uh, additional interfaces that uh, that they can't, uh, that, 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 that you need a card to add. But that's a niche within the niche of Mac Pro customers. And this device meets the vast majority uh, the, the the needs of the vast majority, and those niche customers can still do things like uh, PCI breakout boxes, and you of course can have all the Thunderbolt two raids and external hard drives that you could possibly want, and of course the video cards that come with the with this thing this these these two uh, AMD Fire Pro cards I mean the, those those things are those things are monsters, so. I think that this is a great product for the Mac Pro audience. It's not perfect for everyone, but it's it is a huge improvement for most of us and for the rest of us it will still work quite well. I have to think also when it comes to this particular product that the expansion chassis is going to be a big part of what you can do with it. What will developers come up with? You know, will somebody come up with a base for it where you can just take the tube and stick it into a base? Yeah, I bet. Apple's going to do that, you know. Apple could do that. Apple probably won't. That's not the kind of thing they tend to do. But, yeah, there there will be, no doubt, companion devices that match the form factor of the new Mac, the new Mac Pro, especially on the breakout box side, uh, the, the expansion chassis side, that sort of thing. And, um, you know... For, for those users that need that sort of thing, I think there will be plenty of options. That would be very interesting to see how the Mac Pro ends up once it comes out. When do you think? October, November? Yeah, the, 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 that same time frame, late October, um, early November. It could conceivably be in that September time frame, but I honestly expect to see it in October. So we're talking here about maybe an Apple special event where the final feature set and release date for Mavericks is announced, plus the final shipping date right. for the Mac Pro. Right. All right. And we could even get that introduction in October for a November shipping date. That's, right. that's quite conceivable, too. But your feeling here, as far as you're concerned, that with this particular product, Apple is taking the right direction about expansion. Yeah, I do. I, I really do. And this is a guy, you know, I buy all my music on CDs and I rip it. Unless I can get it on Bandcamp where I can buy an Apple uh, download, uh, Apple lossless download. You know, so I, I still use my optical drive. I like having a CD drive and and I'm okay with it going away. I understand the inevitability of that. So, yes, I do. I think it's good. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's cool. It's quiet. It has one fan, man. It's one fan. That's so exciting. The The being... So quiet is wonderful for a workstation class device. I remember having a Power Mac G5 long, long time ago. And I had the model with the liquid cooling and 4,000 fans. Mm -hmm. And if it was really doing its stuff, that thing, those fans would power up. And it was noisy. And it was heavy. 
and it was awkward to carry. Of course, at least you had everything inside. Here, I think the best way an expansion chassis works is as a base for the Mac Pro. This way you can carry it as a single unit. Uh, yeah, well, kind of. Keep in mind that the, the intake vent is down at the bottom. Well, so... I assume in that case that any kind of expansion chassis would have an open air there, like the port on a speaker system, sure. an open area in the center for the ventilation, and then stick all the stuff to the sides. Sure. Like a square box with rounded corners. Sure, that, it could certainly be. But no internal CD drive. Yeah, but who was expecting that? Apple's been trying to kill the CD drive for years now. Oh, we know that. I was thinking in terms, again, of content creators who might find that to be something that is a negative. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. I mean, you know, a lot of people got upset because of Final Cut Pro Ten, yeah. And now maybe they're warming to it because Apple addressed some of the concerns in the updates. Right. Ryan Chaffin, tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff you do but not what this fake Steve Ballmer does. <laughs> I am the co-founder and co-publisher of the Mac Observer. You can find me there on a daily basis. That's MacObserver.com. My personal uh, blog is at GeekTales.com, and I'm on Twitter as TM O'Brien. That's Brian with a Y. You can find us on Twitter where we are known as Tech Night Owl. Also, you can go to our site, TechNightOwl.com. That's TechNightOwl.com where you find the portal for everything we do. But it doesn't take you to another dimension that's going to be in the next version once they have Mac OS 36 out in a few hundred years. You can also check out our other show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this weekend we'll be talking about monsters, real monsters and more at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Here on the Tech Night How Live, Brian Chaffin, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.